What is up? Uh, I will officially welcome you to the new year, and with the new year comes our second podcast episode. We went on a slight hiatus. You might notice my voice isn't 100% yet. I actually got crazy sick. Um, I will say it's been forever since I've been crazy sick, so you know, comes along with the program, so to speak. So today's officially January 1st, 2019. Big question of the day, how long will it take you to start writing 2019? I already wrote 18 once today. It is just part of it. Um, if you didn't catch it yet, I'm Joey, and with me is Charles. Hey guys, Charles here. Just wanted to chime in real quick, say hi, uh, welcome, happy new year. It is 1119. I can guarantee you that I will probably say uh, 2018 at some point today, outside of just now. Um, yeah, I haven't written it like Joey yet. I'm sure it'll happen uh, fairly soon. Um, but hey, guys, uh, want to go over the agenda real quick with you? Uh, just give a heads up so you can, um, you know, fast forward to the parts you want um, or stay and listen for the whole fun. Either way, I don't care as long as you listen, so we're all good. Uh, we're going to go over car talk as usual, but we have a, a little surprise on some cars, not your average cars we talk about. We have mm-hmm. the new Lincoln Continental. Joey's uh, sparkle in his eye right now. I, I kind of see a little glaze over. There is a little. Uh, the Lexus GSF and RCF. It's going to be an interesting conversation there. Um, and then the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, I'm going to give just kind of like a heads up right now. I apologize if Joey and I both sound like we're in love, but it's a great car. We'll get to it. Um, and great then, car or great truck? You know, we're going to go with great Jeep. Great Jeep. Because it's in a class all its own, <laughs> right? Is it even an SUV? I don't even know. We'll come back to I don't, it. Yeah. That's, see, there you go. Um, and then uh, talk a little bit about Turo, you know, uh, for you guys that have listened for our whole um, series of one other video. I, podcast, I got to say podcast. Podcast, yeah. Um, we, we, we will always have a little bit about Turo. Um, and then, you know, current events. Hey, it's New Year's. So with that, I'm going to let Joey start the car talk so I can give my voice a rest. Because for most of you that know me, if I talk too long, I start coughing and get a hairball. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna give it back to Joey. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Well, hey, Tar Talk. (laughs) See, now I'm losing it. So, Car Talk, um, Lincoln Continental. And I don't know if I said it. I'm I'm sure I did. But again, one more time, Happy New Year. I know I call out the date. Uh, Hopefully, you're not hungover today. And if you are, uh, (laughs) this isn't giving you a headache. Hopefully, it doesn't. It's 3:52. So, if you if you are hungover. Dang, you probably went. You went. Now, I will say on that topic, uh-huh. I, I just took a couple back to the airport. I'm not going to say who they were, what car they were in. Yeah. But uh, they actually did mention that they were going to continue drinking when they got to the airport because they're early. And uh, the wife was like, you mean start drinking? And the husband's like, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. So <laughs> it, it, no judgment. Oh, <laughs> you nice. still been drinking. That is cool. So I, I know I... Um... I'll t- I guess I'll, I'll save it for the end, what I did for New Year's, but I I did look at Instagram last night, and I was just checking out the live feed. It looked like plenty of my friends were having the time of their lives, so uh, usually what that means is you also get the hangover of your life. <laughs> yeah. I am proud, and I'm going to use that word to say that I do not have a hangover. Um, I didn't really drink anything, so hey, you know, there's that. If you listen to our podcast uh, last week, you probably know what I did last year. And it was uh, about the same, except this time I didn't fall asleep. So I did a little bit better this year. That was Maybe that should have been my resolution. So let's kick it off. Let's talk about the new Lincoln Continental. 
You know, this thing dropped a couple years ago, and I remember when it dropped, um, I was a little disappointed. You know, I'll tell you, I'm a huge Lincoln Continental fan. Probably starting to sound like a little bit of, of a fanboy. Last week I told you I love Mustangs. Now this week, Lincoln Continental, same same manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. So I am a, a huge Lincoln Continental fan. It's one of those dream cars of mine. You know, I'd lo- I'd love to old a an old Lincoln, and and uh, personally, I would love to restore an old Lincoln. So a couple years ago, they dropped the new remodeled Lincoln Town Car. Remodel is probably the wrong word. You know, this car was gone. You know, just like uh, we told you last week, the way the Camaro disappeared, the Continental disappeared, except uh, for I think longer, right? Because it was around. It's been a while. Yeah, I, think, I want to I think say it was like late nineties, early two thousand. I think ninety nine. I think yeah. ninety nine. It disappeared. And you know, even when it disappeared, it, it was a whole different car. It was just ugly. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the icon that it was. No, it did the original injustice. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. So. So Lincoln brings it back a couple years ago. You know, they got this whole Matthew McConaughey advertising thing, which I think... We're, we're, Genius, right? Yeah, I Genius. think it's great, yeah. Something about him just classy for it. I, perfect. I think you said it perfectly. So they bring this thing back a couple years ago, and it, it was a little disappointing. It was lackluster. It had these, like, soft, round edges where the old one was very bold. It, it The wheels didn't necessarily mesh with the car. I don't know. I just, I just wasn't... I wasn't a huge fan at first glance, and then I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll reserve, I'll reserve final thoughts till till I see it in person." And then finally, finally, I see one out in the wild, and it was about what it looked like in the photos. I, you know, I can't really say that it was any cooler. Uh, so I was super, super disappointed with what Lincoln did. Now, if you've been following Lincoln, right, and I think for any car guy that probably hasn't been living under a rock, you've seen they've they've got a lot of accolades as of late. They dropped the new Lincoln Navigator, and you know the internet went wild over this thing. Looks really good, and I think that's always up for debate, right? But think about what it's competing with, the Cadillac Escalade. So I'm, you know, I'll tell you hands down, I think it beats it. Escalade's starting to look dated at this point. Interior is gorgeous, you know, leather everywhere, premium materials, aluminum, um, just a, a great, great looking car. And then, and then even more recently, they dropped the new Lincoln Aviator. And for those of you guys that are wondering what that is, never been a popular SUV for them. They're shoes, aren't they? Yeah, they're shoes. <laughs> Lincoln Aviator's <laughs> shoes. Uh, you know, check them out at Foot Locker. But no, really. So, so they're bringing this thing back. It's based on the Ford Explorer platform, um, and they and it's kind of like a mini Navigator. Uh, personally, I'll tell you, I like the Aviator even more. It's supposed to come in all kinds of cool variants. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. I. I as I've gotten older, I've become more of an SUV fan. Go figure. And no, it's not just because I'm popping out kids every week. It's just, I don't know. I, I like them. You get that truck feel, but you also get the car features. I, I think they're just, they're really, really nice. So way to go, Lincoln. Good job with the Navigator. Great job with the Aviator. I think I think you even beat in the Navigator, in my personal opinion. I think I think you you've been taking too many of your meds. No. No. Yeah. I refuse that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's where we're at. That's what Lincoln's doing. So you 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 know, a couple of years ago, they messed up the Continental. They get it right with the the Navigator and the Aviator. So why why am I talking about it then? If I'm saying, well, they got it wrong. Well, I'm happy to say they made a change, and I think they listened to the internet. I think that's the new big thing. Like car manufacturers with social media and the internet and everything the way it is. 
They're really connected to the consumer these days. What's unlimited data? And it's free data. It's free. Yeah. It's free. You sit back and you listen. And if you take the feedback, uh, it, it will prove to be valuable. You know, there's an old saying, consumers vote with their wallet. And I think Lincoln heard loud and clear that they probably weren't voting too much for the Continental. Now, so here's what Lincoln did, and this is how they got it right. Uh, they basically had to change, you know, some of the structural ability of the car, um, in particular A-pillars, that kind of stuff. And they're coming back with the suicide doors. So you heard it here first. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I like how you looked at yeah. me like... Like I, dro- I, I dropped it. it. Nobody knows <laughs> yeah, this. Can I say something? So they're coming back with the suicide doors, and they're doing it in a spectacular fashion. So way to go, Lincoln. <laughs> spectacular or limited push? It, that's spectacular. That's how you build demand. You know, they're smart. So here's, here's the way this thing is going down. Lincoln's making 80, 8, 0 special edition Continentals with suicide doors. So there's only 80 people. You know, I, I want to know, are they going to come with Continental tires, though? You know, that's a different debate. So there's only 80 people that are going to be able to get this bad boy sedan. And if you haven't done it, you're probably going to Google it now. What the heck does this new Continental look like? Um, it looks freaking cool with these new suicide doors. Now, you're like, man, 80, that's like nobody's going to get it, right? Pricing hasn't officially been announced yet. But, you know, quote unquote, what we're hearing is they're going to be 100 grand. And pre-orders, I think, are right at like two right now. So you still have time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what pre-orders are. Charles made that up. Yes, I did. That's, uh, that's not an official fact. Uh, so at hundred grand each, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I understand 80. I'm sure they're going to sell quick. You know, who knows who's going to buy them? You know, Jay Leno's probably going to buy one. Tim Allen. Tim Allen will probably buy one, right? I'm sure you'll have some limousine companies pick them up. My guess is that it's mostly going to be collectors, kind of like with the, I almost said the Hellcat, but not the Hellcat, with the Dodge Demon, right? I think you're going to end up with that same kind of thing. It's going to be a 2019 model year. I don't know the official release date. I can't seem to secure that information. But what we do know is there's 80 coming out for 2019. You know, and I have to admit, Joey right now is scrolling through the photos. And I'll be the first to say, uh, for all of you that listened to the first podcast, some of you gave some really good feedback. Um, yes, I am pro Chevy. But I will say, I, I have a special uh, spot in my heart for the Lincoln Continental. Um, I think, you know, Joey and I, uh, when we started our friendship, we got really connected with Entourage. And, of mm-hmm. course, if anyone's seen Entourage, uh, the Continental is like the face of the series when it comes to a car um so we had talked about that i know one of my neighbors has one it's just something gorgeous about that car the new one obviously they went back to the original roots for the suicide doors well played it was almost a Mm no-brainer um that they did do it uh i i will say i'm not even upset at the hundred thousand dollar price tag because yeah i know what the original Lincoln Continentals were were worth, or what they they bought for, yeah, what you paid for them, and what they're worth now in pristine condition, a hundred thousand dollars for this car. If there's any projection, it's going to be close to what the original is, is chump change. Because yeah. these cars obviously start at a higher value because they're newer, more technological, advanced. They last longer. So if you take what this car is worth now and compare it to the original one, it's worth every penny. 
Yeah, and I, and I don't think anybody will argue. Mm. It's just it's a big bold price tag. It's a hundred grand. It's like when the new Navigator came out. You know, you could option it. I think to like a hundred and three. Don't don't quote me there, but it w- it was somewhere way up there, and that was probably the biggest piece of negative they got. But it was it was like every big reviewer instantly was won over when they drove the car, sat in the car. You know, and the car gave you the touch and feel and the connection to the road that it did. Now I can tell you. That I'm not the only one that's got some amazing expectations for the car mm-hmm. because of the name, yep. because of what they did, and the price tag. So I'll be curious to see how that turns out. I, I'm not a big body fan. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, if, if someone were like, hey, you want to take a ride in it or go cruising with it or a guy's night out? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be stupid not to. Not my particular cup of tea. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say earlier when you were scrolling through the photos. Um, the color. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that kind of color, but yeah. that looks good on the car. It does. You know, and Lincoln, <clears throat> when they unveiled the Navigator, so you're probably wondering now what color. Oh, yeah. It's like an off, what is that, like a silverish blue? It's silverish like a... blue, aqua blue. It's not bright, so no. light sky blue would probably be. But it's got like a hint of like silver to it. The, the, and the color, you know what? I don't know what's up with Lincoln. They unveiled the Navigator in that color, and I'm pretty sure they did the Aviator in that color, if, okay. I, if memory serves me right. Maybe it's just it, their color. It It is their color. I don't know if it's they're still trying to serve a certain demographic. You know, my my grandpa once upon a time had an old Lincoln in that color, actually. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but it was a town car. You know, those were real popular. Yeah. Those were real popular in the early, mid-'90s, those big square boxes. Um, so it's, I guess it's a Lincoln thing. I'm sure there was a story behind it. Maybe we need to find out, you know, w- what's up with Lincoln and this blue color. I'm hoping we have a couple listeners. There's one in particular that um, I know. Not only does he like his little Mini Coopers, yeah, but he's a fan of cars like this. And if you're listening right now, you know who you are. I'm talking to you specifically. I know you're pretty knowledgeable about the car, so maybe give us some insight on that. Cause that'd be good to know. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And you know, if uh, if he doesn't, we we'll come back to this one on the color. So here's where we'll end this thing. I I've kind of kept this under my hat. So Lincoln's making eighty special edition Continentals with suicide doors. Um, I think what we all know that means is it's you're never going to probably see one in 2019. Um, and if you do, it's going to be in some kind of showroom or. And I'm talking in person. You can see them on the internet right now. Just Google it. Um, but there is good news, and I think this is even good news for me, because I've already told this to Charles, so I'm going to put this out there, um, and I'm going to bring it to life, right? That's what they say. you got to put it out. you got to broadcast Let it. Let it blossom and grow and, to and the get world. sunlight. Yeah. So um, the great news, and it's getting better, huh? I'm like, over time, it was good. Now it's great. Uh, so the great news is not for 2019, but for 2020, it'll be a standard production vehicle. So what makes that really cool is we could all go buy out, go buy Lincoln Continentals with suicide doors, and and you know think back in the early ish two thousands, I think it was two thousand four, might have been two thousand five, Chrysler dropped the three hundred. Uh, it was oh five was the first of the new big body went from the C to the M or or M to the C. I mean, okay, perfect. So Chrysler comes out and, uh, you know, if you were driving on a road in those years, I know we got some younger listeners, but if you're driving on a road in those years, you couldn't miss that car. No, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Everywhere. It was on 22s everywhere. 
And then like six months later, it was modded. It was dropped. It was body kitted. It was Bentley grilled. Yeah, I remember the Bentley. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. Now... It was also at the EBT stores. Different story, different day. (laughs) Um, Now, what I will tell you is I don't know that the Lincoln Continental will do that because there's a different price tag. You know, Chrysler 300. Yeah, that is a big difference. I think you were able to scoop them up for like 30 grand. You could still buy them with cloth seats. At the end of the day, this thing's still a Lincoln, right? I don't think cloth seats are going to be an option. I hope not. Personally, I don't think under 50 grand is going to be an option. It's also not the early 2000s. You know, cars are more money now. But... Um, I do anticipate they're going to be popular. They're going to be popular amongst the like the crowd of people that love to put their cars on wheels and drop them. Um, most of the time, I am a part of that crowd, and I I kind of have this vision of owning one of these, which I'm sure Lincoln, it, it, you know, it's on the airbag suspension. I have a vision of having one of these things, you know, bagged on 22s. So is that what you meant when you, you text me two nights ago, the photo of it, and you said, hey, I have dreams or I have some ideas about what I want this to look like? Yes. I, I thought that might be what you were hinting towards. That so is exactly what I'm hinting towards. Will it replace the 5 Series? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think so. You know, it's not a daily <laughs> driver. Well, um, why not? I mean, I have daily drove a big body dropped on 22s. Anyways, I'll think about it. But I have this like beautiful vision of this car. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has this vision. I'm sure there's shops. I'm sure you're going to see it at SEMA. You're yeah. going to see oh, I'm sure. yeah, you will. all kinds of cool stuff. So 2019 <clears throat> will probably not be the year of the Lincoln Continental, even though I'm sure it'll get a lot of buzz. It'll probably even build this car up, kind of like you know the Dodge marketing campaign. Where they, you know, they told us little by little the demon, and then finally they dropped this thing. Boom! It sold out all of a sudden. Lincoln's kind of doing the same thing, just in a different way. It's it's kind of what we're seeing car manufacturers do these days. So, super super cool the way they're doing it. Um, I don't know the differences between this quote unquote special edition, uh, but I'm sure it'll have some bells and whistles that won't be available for 2020. But look forward to it. You know, for 2020, which I I don't know when in 2020, we're going to see these things on the road. So I thought this was super exciting. I wanted to share it with you personally. I love the car. I was disappointed in it a couple years ago, but it's won me over. So, hey, Lincoln guys, this one's to you. Cheers. Happy New Year. I think you're doing it and you're doing it right. Good job, Matthew McConaughey. Good job, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) So we'll switch gears on you. We'll talk to you about the Lexus GSF and RCF. We're going from huge body to big body to little body. To little body. <laughs> you know the GSF, what is that? That's a mid-size, mid-body. right? Mid, yeah, mid-body. Well, what, like a, like a six series. A like grand, a six, a grand two, or, six series. Yeah, but six series sloping <clears throat> roof. This would be more like a five series. This would be the equivalent to my car, the GSF. Okay. Should have owned a GS, so... Um, yeah. I, I'm a Lexus fan. They are great, great cars. I've officially owned three of them um, and literally no problems with any of them. I, I'm a Japanese automaker fan. I think the, the bang yeah. for buck you get is extraordinary. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan of Infinity or... No. Well, you said you, you didn't mind my, my SUV I had. That's cool. Um, but you just get so much for so cheap. You do with with Japanese cars, and and they're great. Um, they might not have the prestige of, <clears throat> say, a five series, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, you can make that GSF because you made your 
GS look incredible, and then yeah. the person that got it from you made it look amazing as well. Stepped it up. Is you, you can make these cars look amazing. And I know you have a soft spot for the GS, but I'm here uh, for the RCF talk because RCF, yeah. that's the car that I feel is controversial and why we're talking. And I'll let you, because yeah. you told me. So to be fair, I'll let you explain to the listeners why we're talking about these two cars right now. Yeah, so um, there's a couple different reasons we're talking about these cars. You know, first, 2019, Lexus has announced the GSF and the RCF 10th anniversaries will be on sale now. Um, really, you know, there's just a couple different bells and whistles that they're going to add. Um, more specifically, some different colors and some interior options. You know, I'm looking at a picture of the GSF, and it's basically drenched in like Alcantara everywhere. And it's, you know, that GSF blue, that's kind of like their color, the way BMW rocks. You know, the three colors, Lexus is very strong on this blue. Um, it, it looks gorgeous. You know, Lexus has done a great job bringing their interiors along. Um, they really kind of push themselves up into the next level and earn the same respect as a BMW or a Mercedes or uh, or an Audi. Their um, interior lighting is really impressive. It is. They've, they've done some great things even with LED. And I think, you know, Audi kind of started that trend. And I think Audi's been out outied, actually, if you ask me, with this, you know, these new Lexus lighting setups. But how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but it is, but it, is, it is true, sadly. So staying on track, um, the RCF 10th anniversary <laughs> edition is going to be 81 grand. So it's a lot of money. Uh, it's, it's less than the Continental. It is, but... You get half the car. <laughs> that's 16000 over a standard RCF. It is. So what makes that anniversary worth $16,000? So... And I'm coming a little biased now because we've talked... So, okay, yeah. So to, to give kind of a background... Yeah. Is uh, Joey actually looked for a while into buying one. Yeah. And uh, a good friend of mine has the RC350 350, uh, with yeah. the F-Sport package. And no, a nice car. I like the cars. I think, I think for the segment they're competing against, they're too expensive. Or let me rephrase that: they they lease like shit. Yeah, they they do. But I feel like the this buyer is a different buyer than an M car. Probably more. You know, M cars. When you get the statistic, it's crazy. It's like sixty some odd percent of them are leased. Yeah, because you don't want to keep it past the warranty, because then you know it's just a ticking time bomb. They are whereas. This Lexus in 20 years is still going to run the way it did off the floor. It will. Yeah, I mean, you could probably beat it for 100,000 miles, and sure. it'll still hum along. When they've been building that 5.0 for how long now? I, You know, I the don't ISF know. The ISF was the first one, but it's, yeah. been, it's been over 10 when years. When did the ISF come out? Like 08, 07? I don't know. So I'm sure they've refined it, and from what I understand, that platform started in the LS. I'm Even though I love Lexus, I can't really give you a lot of the, the history the way I can with BMW or... You know some of the other brands yeah um and personally you know they're they're new into this whole performance thing you know they are they are bmw's been making m cars forever amg's been making or excuse me mercedes been producing amg forever um you know ford's been producing shelby forever um same goes with camaro so it, it it's new for them and it's not it's not a big part of their market and i think you know if you look at gsf and rcf sales stats it'll show you that so let's come back so 81 thousand bucks for this car it's sixteen thousand dollars more only 240 of them are going to be made so they'll be hard to find i don't based on that number i don't even anticipate you're going to be able to score it for 81 it's probably going to set you back more yeah dealer markups 
So part of that price, you're paying 9,000 for the 10th anniversary package in addition to the performance package and it's gonna give you things like um, triple beam headlights, uh, intuitive park assist, um, more, more luxury features, but um, you're also gonna get uh, the, the 19S BBS wheels. I don't think anyone will ever tell you BBS wheels are not amazing. Right, no um, one ever says they're junk. Yeah, you, no one's ever gonna say they're junk. You're gonna get uh, Michelin Pilot Super Sports, which is actually what's on our Corvette. Yeah, those are expensive tires. They are expensive, super sticky, probably only going to give you eight, <laughs> 9,000 miles. So that's the, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the downfall. And then you get that beautiful five liter V8 with 467 horsepower, a lot less on the torque curve at 389 pounds. Um, and I'm sure you know this, but I'll call it out. It's a rear, rear wheel drive. So not all wheel drive, not front. Um, and that's through a eight speed automatic with a, Torque vectoring differential. Now, so oh, I was gonna say there's two things I took from that. Yeah, is is one uh, that engine is is uh, beautiful. It um, is. I've driven the the ISF. I almost bought the ISF. Joey went with me to take a look at it, and what impressed me the most was the car never felt like the torque curve went away. No, it, it and the it just it, it was such a smooth running engine. Um, you know what's funny though is you're right. It is a different segment because BMW, Mercedes, uh, you know I'm gonna stick with those two right now because they're the big boys in yeah. in this world. When you start getting up, so like your M4, yeah, you got the comp package. Oh. What happened with the comp package? Things started getting lighter. Yeah, more the, power. More power. The GTS, is it the GTS? The next one up? Yes. Uh, I think about that. That one is even lighter. Bigger brakes. That one's like all carbon fiber and right? stripped out. Right. So yeah. what they're doing is they're, they're taking things out of the car, yep. which costs money, to make it perform better. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Lexus says, you know what, guys? You, you can have that, that, that crazy stupid. Yeah. We're going to add more luxury. We're going to add more <laughs> weight. Yeah. More <laughs> for, leather. For a bigger price tag. And we're going to leave the engine the same. And that's what's funny is because, I mean, like you said, $9,000 for... The anniversary performance. package, yeah. performance package, and, and then you know they'll throw more luxury in there. So you're actually, and this is funny, what I said to Vini, you're actually getting more for your for money, money than the competitors. But it it is a little slower on a track. I agree. No one buys a Lexus to race it around Willow Springs. Um, but yeah, those are those are things that I'm taking back from it. And then the GSF, I think, is just a boss car. It is. You don't I, buy it to race it. No, you don't. And every time I see one on the street, I truly appreciate it. I, I would love to own one. I'm, don't. It's not like on my bucket list. I'd, but it, it's just a beautiful car. The RCF, it's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So the, the RCF is actually an IS and a GS marriage. So the, the stepchild. The IS, um, and for you Lexus fans out there, again, I, I told you I wasn't perfect at this, but I think I know it pretty well. Um, the the GSF is an I, excuse me, the RCF is an IS underneath. And then up top, it or up top and up front, it's a GS. So the actual front clip of the car is the GS platform. So there's, um, there's all kinds of weirdness that they did to bring this thing out. It was real controversial when it came out. It was, and, and then, you know, they kind of moved and then they did it. And now they've just kind of been plateauing. 
so you know that's where they're at. The last thing I want to call out before we get into one one other piece that, that I think Charles and I are real passionate um, on these two cars is I slipped in torque uh, vectoring differential, and then Charles kind of quickly took over there. Yeah, the torque uh, vectoring differential is available on the standard RCF, and the mm-hmm. the reason why I know that is because the one I almost buy got really really close, and I ended up in an M4. That differential is available, but it was an option, and I don't remember how much it was. It was like five or six thousand bucks. The one I was looking at did have it. It was it was pretty well optioned. It definitely wasn't this uh, you know eighty plus thousand dollar price tag. It was somewhere in the seventies, but it did have seventy eight. Yeah, it did. It did have that option, um, and and I can tell you, it does make a a big difference, but it might not be on the top of the list of the buyer for this car. No, no, it needs to be. I got to step in on that. It has to be. You can't get the performance of that car in the chassis of that car and just strictly ignore the potential of the car. That that torque vectoring system allows the car to perform at the capacity that it was designed to. Yeah. It's almost like putting it in a wheelchair. And for, forgive me if I offend anyone with, with that, but... It, you're 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 crippling that car not having that the the joy of the driving is not quite there it, it's worth every penny it's it's worth more than a nine thousand dollar anniversary package no i get it and, and i'm not saying i disagree i just don't know that it's for everyone it's for everyone um i just i just don't know it that. should be i and again, I'm not saying I disagree. You know, there's two reviews that really stand out to me um, when I was looking at buying this car that kind of hit home for me. And we talked about him last one. It was a Matt Farah. You know, he reviewed this car on a back canyon in Malibu. And and he kind of, you know, everyone always talks about it. It's heavy. It's kind of underpowered for what it is. It doesn't really compete with the German counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get it on a back road or you just drive it and you love the car. It's got all the luxury. You feel amazing driving it. And it's got just enough power. Almost like you can kind of crank it full throttle anywhere you want to go. And that's where It's the, usable. It's usable power. And that's where the, you know, those things like torque vectoring differential come in. It's, it's going to help you manage that power. Um, you know, there's a, another guy that I follow a lot. And he has a YouTube channel, uh, Vehicle Virgins. Um, younger kid. He, he's kind of grown this thing over time. And I remember very specifically watching his review. You know, Lexus gave him that bright orange one, which was like right when the, the RCF came out. And it was the same thing. He was like, you know, I, I'll review it. I don't know. And then I think it, it made him a believer. Now, oddly enough, even with these great glowing reviews, it hasn't translated to great sales. They're, it has not. Yeah, they're sitting. I remember the, you know, the guy I was talking to when I was going to buy mine, he was one of the managers there, and, and he was like, you know, they just kind of sit. He's like, some people really come in and they want them, but a lot of times the buyer that's looking at the car is also driving an M car. Um, they might also be driving you know, the Benz variant. Um, or even the Audi, you know, Audi has two lines that kind of compete, the S um, line and the, uh, I'm drawing a blank, RS line. So they, you know, they have both of these lines and you can pick up an RS, you're in RS territory when you're talking about this, this kind of pricing. And yeah. uh, and from a performance standpoint, the RS is just going to, it's going to kill this car, All right? Day. So, so then why, you know, why talk about it? We're, we're kind of giving you mixed messages. We're kind of speaking out of both sides of our mouth here. Well, here's here's why we're talking about these two cars, and they're basically the same car, right? Same motor, same kind of diff, um, very, very, very similar interiors, 
very similar, you know, driving feeling. Uh, basically, one's a coupe and, you know, one is a sedan. So what's the big deal? Well, one of the things we love about our Hellcat is um, it's, you know, quickly turning into a collector's car. And I know some of you guys might chuckle and say, no, it, it's not going to be a collector's car. Um, and, I'll, and I'll debate you on that one all day long. Um, Dodge has officially announced or I should say the FCA group at this point, has officially announced that they are finally changing the current uh, Dodge platform for the Charger, for the 300, you know, for all the cars that are built on that, for the Challenger. Um, they're finally doing it. And they're actually building it on the new Maserati... Ghibli. Ghibli? Yeah. I thought it was the Quad... No, the no. Quadraport's the big body. The Ghibli's the new four-door. The Ghibli's the new Ford. I thought it was a quadruport. We're going to have to check that. But um, they're building it on this new platform. And basically, here's what, what we do know is that big, giant, supercharged V8 is gone. It's gone. It's, yeah, it's a sad day. Um, basically, it won't fit under that hood. I don't know if the chassis will take that power. I'm sure it would, actually. It's a new chassis. Um, it probably would. But is it needed? No, it's not needed. And I'm sure there's all kinds of cooling restraints when you you know put it in this. Smaller Small package, space, yep. so you're going to run into all kinds of new issues. That Ask Chevy about that. Yeah, yeah, right. With <laughs> Cooling their, issues. Yeah, with, with the their Corvette. first generation, uh, not first year, first year Z06 for the C7. But um, yeah, they're, so, so they've said, as far as we know, now the Hellcat maybe comes back in a V6 twin turbo, but I think it loses that whole Hellcat flair, right? We're, we're not going to see it. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Now, the GSF and the RCF, is being touted as what could be the most valuable collector car of our current decade right now. So I think that's pretty exciting. Um, we don't really have one. I mean, what car? So so the Hellcat, right, has kind of been touted as mm. it's probably going to become that. I say the 718 competes with it in a few years. In a few years, but that would be next decade. So think about 2010 well, to yeah, 2020. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the end of the cycle. It was funny because when I was buying my RCF, I was banking on Lexus discontinuing this car. That's already what I was reading at the time. This was two years ago. But do you think it's going to be toted as that due to the small amount of cars that are on the road because they didn't sell? So it's actually a positive? I do. And here's why I do. So um, first case in point, I'll use Lexus as the brand. The Lexus SC. For some reason, this car has a cult-like following. It's it does, early, yeah. mid-90s. A lot of people do two JZ swaps on them. For those of you guys that are wondering what that is, that's the infamous uh, Toyota Supermotor. Um, you know, this, this car is just... And I see them, and I, even though I'm a Lexus fan, I don't like that car. It's kind of round and bubbly. It's, well, it's like the original IS. It's yeah, but it's a coupe, right? So well, it is, yeah. It's just a whole... It's a whole different animal, but... Um, that car is turned into that. And then I already mentioned it. Here's the other car that people go nuts over the Toyota Supra. I think it's more the motor, but they are a very, like, very devoted cult following um, with them. And it's funny because you, as much as people say, oh, Ford and Chevy or Ford and Dodge, you want to know the biggest controversial groups. And in, in, in the world of automotive, it's the Nissan guys with their old um, R32, 33, 34 platform, the RV yeah. engines, and the Toyota Supra guys. 
Yeah. Those two will literally fight to the death on who's better. It's crazy. They are very, very devoted to their cars. They are. And Toyota is already announced um, the, return. the return of the Supra. We briefly talked about that. And then very recently we saw the final version of the Supra, which is getting a lot of... Yeah, it looks like the X4 it does. BMW. Yeah, it does. It, it go, well, you know they partnered with the BMW to make this car. I, so. You know, you could tell a little bit when you put them next to each other. You can. There's a little similarity. You can. Go figure BMW just announced that. But... Um, so, so those two cars are very strong, and I don't know that the GSF is going to be that car, but I do think the RCF will be that car. I guess time will tell, right? Time, time will, will tell. tell, and if you read the you know the big boy car blogs, um, they're telling you that this one's probably going to out Hellcat the Hellcat, and you know I wouldn't be surprised. I think the only way if we were to if both these cars got discontinued this year, right? So 2019 last model year, I think the only way that 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 big boy Dodge becomes more valuable is if we're like 40 years in the future and that Dodge has 3000 miles or less on it. I I would say if the Dodge survives. Because there's literally a company out on the back east that all they do is buy wrecked Hellcats. Yeah. For resale or for parts, because the cars are getting destroyed so much because of the power and the inability for the drivers to to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Whereas the RCF, uh, I you know, no offense, but it is a little underpowered for what it could be. It it's is. very easy to manage. You it could is. still have fun with it, yeah, but people aren't going to punch the gas pedal and all of a sudden find themselves in a tree ten feet away. Where Hellcats can do that if they catch yeah. a rut, yeah. it'll dart you. Yeah, it will. Um, so I think that's why we'll see the RCF will probably hold rain longer because yeah. there's just more of them and they're not as deadly. <laughs> they're not as deadly. It reminds me of that story um, your your friend was telling us where he was um, basically kind of wide open throttle oh, on the freeway on the freeway and it scooted him over a lane. Yeah, put and, him towards the wall. Yeah, and I guess him and his passenger were both kind of scared of life. Um, there's another big infamous um, uh, article out there, you can Google this, where there was a kid that, uh, and he was a kid, he got his Hellcat to like 198 before state uh, picked him up, before highway, it wasn't highway patrol, they called state troopers in other states, before a state trooper scooped him up and, he, and his response was uh, no regrets, it was worth it. <laughs> hey, I mean... <laughs> He's the one kid on the planet that can say he really got a Hellcat to 198. Is that a felony, by the way? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. that is. Oh my god! I can tell you, I just had a talk with 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 someone about the Hellcat for that reason. Yeah, and and, and for you guys that know me, you know I, I I do some stupid stuff with cars, and I and I've been just I've been let's just put a disclaimer out there. I have been uh, more than double the speed limit. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I would not take the Hellcat that fast for two reasons. One, the tires. I'm sorry, they're too small, mm-hmm. and and they're just not. We just replaced a tire, two hundred sixty bucks. That that's nothing. Yeah. I don't trust those tires that speed. And two is aerodynamics on that car. When you're at that speed, any little lift can cause that car to spin, yep. and go off track. That car is not safe at those speed. Very few cars are safe at that speed. The Hellcat is not one, of, not a safe car at that speed. So props to that kid for surviving that because yeah. that was sketchy. It is, and I, and I think we said this on last week's episode. Um, it's kind of scary that you know your average Joe, so to speak, can walk into can a Dodge car. dealer and say, "Hey, I want the seven hundred seven horse." Or shoot, now they can say, "I want seven hundred ninety-seven horsepower." Yeah, the right. Right. The Demon was super exclusive, so I don't. I don't think your average Joe was walking in and picking that up. But 
um, the red eyes there and, and there's financing just built for these cars so they can get, yeah. get them on the road. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're at. So the Lexus GSF and RCF, hey, you know what? Um, I, I think they're great cars, these 10th anniversary editions. I'm sure going to be like super, super kick-ass. And that probably answers that question, right? We're saying 10th anniversary. So maybe it was 2009 that the ISF came out. You know, that might make sense. Yeah, that might make sense. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020. Um, but they're being touted as what is probably going to be the most collectible car of our generation. Now, I think as we move into the 2020s, I don't even know if that's the proper way of saying it. But as we move into that, there's going to be all kinds of different cars like the Camaro ZL1, the current ZR1. Corvette, um, you know, we, we are living in an era of muscle cars, uh, just like maybe our parents did back when they were our age. Um, but this is probably the last era of muscle cars. And I think that's what makes all these cars so, so damn special. So it's funny you bring that up. I, I got on, I got some feedback from someone who listened last week. Yeah. And they brought up about the tunability and issues with the new performance cars. And I connected dots just now. You said these are our modern day muscle cars. And I will agree with you. But what set the muscle cars apart with our parents was anyone could work on them in the garage. Oh, yeah. We can't do that with ours. No. So that's actually a topic, obviously, for a later day. But it's funny you brought that up because it, it just the light bulb came on. I'm like, you know what? That is a good conversation to have. Yeah. Um, and maybe we might try to get one or two guest speakers on that because it's such a complex topic. But for all of you that listen to us, more than likely you guys are car guys, uh, hence why we talk about cars. Um, that would be – let us know if you want in on that one. Sorry, I'm plugging a little early. But, but yeah, I'm a little excited about that conversation. But uh, how about that next one? So let's talk about the Jeep Wrangler JL. That's how you yes. know it's the new Jeep Wrangler. And for those of you guys wondering, which one's a Jeep Wrangler? There's like 900 Jeep <laughs> flavors. So it confuses people because people say it's a Jeep. No, Jeep is the brand. It's like saying it's a Ford. No, it's a Jeep. Yeah, it's it's a Jeep. <laughs> and then there's the Jeep Cherokee. Then there's the Jeep Grand Cherokee, which is a bigger, bolder, more luxurious right. version of the Cherokee. And then there's all kinds of Jeeps. But the, the when most people say it's a Jeep, what they're referring to is the infamous Jeep Wrangler. Correct. Which is what started Jeep. So for you guys that don't yeah. know, Jeep was actually built exclusively for the military. And that's why it technically, and I'm going to make sure I don't get stabbed by a Jeep enthusiast, but Jeeps are not considered SUVs because they were built as a Jeep, just Jeep. That's what they were known as. Um, And they were for the military. They realized, hey, we can market this car, this Jeep. And so they started... um, pushing it out for general use and the Wrangler is the longest lasting model of the Jeep. So you are correct. When when you refer to just Jeep, you're talking about the Wrangler. Now, Wrangler, well Jeep was so good, they gave us the Wrangler and the Wrangler Unlimited. Yeah. And then you got your subcategories in there. So Jeep well played on that because uh <laughs> it just keeps growing. But we're here for the JL today. Yeah, and they're crazy. You know, I, I can't even keep up on the flavors of Jeep. If you go like on KBB and you try to book a Jeep out, you'll notice there's like 900 different Jeep models. They've come out with collector's editions. Shoot, they even came out with an official Jurassic Park version. Um, these these things are, they're just, they're crazy, right? They're, they're everywhere. I don't think you can miss them. Um, and over the last maybe three years or so, I don't think... Nobody will argue that they've just become super, super popular. 
No, you, you're right. The the car is um, Jeep. I got to keep saying Jeep. The Jeep is impressively um, taken a, a new leap and bound on just a desire factor. And it's not so much the enthusiast, because enthusiast has always been there. But now, and I'll, and I'll call it, Jeep finally built a Wrangler that you can daily drive. They did. And, you know, what came new with the, the Jeep JL was we got the new chassis, we got the new interior. New engine, new transmission. Uh, new engine, new transmission. It's finally coming with a diesel. That's been a request forever. Mm-hmm. And then most recently, Jeep just announced the Jeep truck, which I think is pretty pretty damn cool. I, I, I don't know that uh, Charles is making weird faces. I don't know from a, I don't know about that one. I, I imagine this thing kind of meaty and beefy and with a small lift on it. You know, you can see like a normal Jeep Wrangler with its little stock rims and big tires and it just doesn't look the coolest. And then you see one all hooked up and it's like, whoa, it's it's just a whole different car. It just is. So um, with, the, with the Jeep Wrangler JL, um, hey, what, you know, what are the, the biggest differences? I think we already told you that. So then why are we talking about it? Um, I think we just think it's freaking cool right it's amazing i i test drove it and it literally it blew my mind yeah um and then i don't so for you guys that don't know joey i'm pretty sure you know because we looked at it is every single bolt or body component you take off of the jeep has a quick disconnect now and it actually has a location designed for each bolt to go into yeah and covered and protected so you can't lose them just so that you know exactly where they go back that's impressive to me. It, you know, it is. It's just an impressive car. Even the way they had to do like the reverse cam, it, the, they built it like through the back wheel. Right, um, yeah. Like they, you know, there's all kinds of really cool stuff. There's what they call Easter eggs. So there's like Jeep logos hidden all the rims. throughout the Jeep. And then, uh, you know, I have a good friend of mine that is like a super hardcore <clears throat> Jeep guy. And, you know, one of the things I learned early on when he bought his Jeep is there's the Jeep Wave. I don't know if you know that. Is it like a motorcycle wave? It is. So, you know, the motorcycle wave, it's like a peace sign upside down. Yeah. There, There's the Jeep wave. Like people... Which like, is what? It's like, you're not, I'm not going to be able to describe it, but it's basically like you freaking wave at each other. But So it looks like a normal wave. Kind like, of. But you tilt yourself like you're... I don't know. Like you pitched on the trail or something? I think I'm something? just doing that. But there's a damn Jeep wave, all right? Okay, that's, the whole, that's the whole point of it. I just wanted to know. Yeah. so I, I guess I got to buy a Jeep to find out, right? I, yeah, you it's do. It's a part of financing they yeah. teach you. And they teach you the Jeep wave. I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, these things, they're just crazy. They got this like insane following. Um, and then the JL, they, they just got it right, you know? So, so hell yeah, Jeep. This is our kudos to you. Um, and now we get to see the truck. I'm really excited to see the diesel version of the truck and see how that thing tows. too. We got some towing numbers. They seem pretty decent. They seem to do like what a 1500 would do 10 years ago. Decent for what you would expect it to do. Because it's not going to be a full-sized truck. No. Um, it, and so I think that's that's respectable. It's going to be, I think, on par with the the new smaller trucks like, um, <clears throat> um, excuse me, uh, Chevy's new... Colorado? Uh, is it still a Colorado or did they replace it? I'm sorry. I know I'm a Chevy guy, but I don't follow the small trucks. The little so baby trucks. But I do know that they have those little diesel engines now, and it's a great idea. It's perfect for it. But oh, overall, um, the new body chain, or actually new and completely new Wrangler after 10 years was amazing. 
just simply amazing. I love the thing. Um, if you said, would you daily drive it? I would answer yes before you were done. Uh-huh. Um, interior's great. Um, and then they had this thing where <laughs> you can buy the Rubicon, which is literally exactly how I would spec it. Yeah, it is. You know, so what's our what's our gripe? This can't just turn into a Jeep commercial. Sure. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think we both have one big gripe with the yes. car, right? Yeah. And that's price. Yeah. Um, Charles said the Rubicon, the Rubicon will spec out to mid-50s. Yeah. And I'm not comparing it to a BMW or Mercedes or an Audi because they're not the same car, but you can buy a nice version of any of those cars for that price. You can buy a nicer version of a Ford Explorer or a Chevy Tahoe or anything like that for that price. Now, again, they're not the same car. I, I'm not saying that. No, but, nothing's like a Jeep, but but, it, but I agree with you. When you say $55,000, I, I think your mind automatically thinks like, well, well that's a lot of money for And here's what's weird. A Jeep. They don't lease well. They don't. I don't understand because technically cars that hold their value well always lease well. It's almost like Jeep doesn't want to lease them because we went in to look just, you know, we, we love looking at numbers. We love car shopping. Uh, I was just really disappointed that it didn't seem like Jeep wanted to lease the car. And, and it's across the board. It wasn't yeah. just one dealership. Um, so, yeah, the prices, I mean, granted, there's nothing like a Jeep. That's why it's a Jeep. Uh, but for $50,000, I could spec out a really, really nice GLA Mercedes crossover SUV. You could, or for fifty grand, you could buy like a one and a half year old twenty five hundred from pretty much any major brand, Dodge, Ford, Chevy. Yeah, yeah, and, you could. And there's nothing. I mean, besides crawling up a rock, which most people will never do with a Jeep, there is nothing that that truck wouldn't do. And as a matter of fact, it'll do everything better. Yeah, so more that, efficiently too. That's the hard part. And you're like, okay, well, Joey, that's you know, you're comparing a, a truck to a Jeep. No, I'm just showing you what's out there i mean a, a newer a year and a half 2500 a year and a half old 2500 will tow a damn house basically yeah and, and for yeah. your jeep followers look i put a disclaimer out there don't stab us when you see us yeah we do like the we'll jeep. jeep wave you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we, we do like the jeep but i mean obviously nothing's perfect and we just want to point that out so interesting talk so um you know i think charles said it with the the whole muscle car thing i'll say it for you Jeep people out there, if you want to come talk Jeeps with us, hey, we'll give you a, a whole car talk segment just bring, for Jeeps. Bring your Jeeps and we'll drive them and talk to you about them. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, at the end, of, look, they're badass cars. I don't think either one of us are going to disagree with that, right? No, it'll put a smile on your face. It'll put a smile on your face. You can make them look <clears throat> sick. Yeah, super, super sick. cool. Um, as a matter of fact, that what Charles is saying when we went to go, like, kind of, you know, um, what do they call it? Window shop, a Jeep Wrangler. We kicked a few tires. Um, Literally. They, they had a SEMA Jeep Wrangler in they the showroom. They did, the black one. Yeah, I mean, it was mean. This thing looked like it was just going to eat little Toyota Priuses up. I'll be just wait. It was, it was so just big and bulky that if I went to lay underneath it to change the oil, I would need something to elevate me to reach the bottom of the damn thing. It was just, it was hum- massive it, tastefully done um it was done well uh price honestly wasn't that bad for what was done to it um but yeah it shows you how extreme it could go so that's our talk on cars today lincoln continental lexus gsf and rcf and the i don't think it's the all new at this point but the jeep wrangler jl i am looking forward to the jl platform truck i think that'll be really cool so 
Hey, tell us what you think. Are any of these cars passionate? Are you passionate about any of these cars? Are you buying any of these cars? We'll drive any of them. I haven't been in the Lincoln Continental yet. Um, I have been in the new uh, JL. I've actually got to drive the new JL as well. Um, and I, I have been in the GSF and the RCF. So I guess I've, I've checked some of these off my list. Charles, I don't think you've, aside from the Jeep though, right? So you haven't, have you driven or been in a GSF RCF? Not the F, no. No, okay. So yeah, so that's where we're at. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you thought. And um, hey, the big question is, do you think the GSF and the RCF will be more of a collector's car than the Hellcat. I vote the RCF. That's my vote. What, what's your vote, Charles? I I, I got to be realistic. I, I think the RCF will. Yeah. So it, I, it hurts me a bit. Yeah. But I, I think it will. Char, Char, I was wondering if Charles was going to answer there for a moment. <laughs> I was like, man, he's like deep in thought. Yeah. So tell us your vote. Uh, <clears throat> podcast at dcrcars.com. So we'll give you just a quick snippet today. You know, we always want to talk Toro. We're in the Toro game. I, I think you know that. Um, Charles definitely was the person that experienced this. Um, the, you know, they have an LAX lot. And what makes the LAX lot super convenient is if you fly into LAX airport, that's why they call it the LAX lot, um, you actually grab an Uber. They pay for your Uber. They take you to the car. Mm-hmm. They, it's exactly what it is. It's valet. They pull the car around for you. They give you the car. They validate all your stuff. You go, and then same process when you come back. You bring the car back, take the car from you. They actually order the Uber for you, mm-hmm. and they shuttle you back to the LAX lot. But um, it was pretty crazy. So I'll let Charles tell you about his experience there and kind of his thoughts. Just complete madness. So uh, we're pretty active on the forums, too, for Turo. And um, one of the things I noticed is a lot of people were bashing the valet lot at LAX in I know it's frustrating. Uh, we actually had one of our renters complain of how long it took. Um, so I get that. But I was there. Um, it usually takes me about 10 minutes at most to get my car in and out, whether I'm picking up or dropping off. Um, I know the employees. The employees know me. We recognize each other. We're well together. Great guys uh, and girl. But it took almost an hour over the weekend and it was at night it was it was almost closing time and i just saw the amount of people and what disappointed me was there was only two people working and you know we don't know the reason the backstory anything like that but um it was complete chaos and it wasn't for the lack of them trying because honestly those those two it was a guy and a girl they were hustling literally hustle like they never stopped moving and i felt super bad for them so um, if you're, if you're listening, Hey guys, just know they were trying, um, for you to a lot employees. Uh, if you are listening to this, that's freaking awesome. But just, you know, um, we do see you guys working and we appreciate it and sorry that the chaos hit you guys the way it did. I, I, I truly felt bad for him cause it was crazy. I've never seen it like that. Yeah. I don't really have the experience, you know, that Charles does over this crazy career. I've been there a million times. Right. But I don't have that experience. Um, what I can say is the last time I was just chit chatting with one of the employees, if you will, um, he was saying that they had two other Toro lot employees just quit. They said it was like too crazy for them. They couldn't deal with it. And maybe they didn't like the weather. It's all outside. It's like stand, run, sit. And you do it a hundred times an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that, I think that's what we got. We're not going to talk much about Toro today, 
We figured we'd throw a shout out to the uh, to the Toro lot. Maybe maybe throw a shout out to the employees. I think Charles threw a thank you out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a super convenient feature, but obviously they haven't figured it out. You know, every time I go there, I always joke with the guy like, "When are you guys getting a bigger lot?" They yeah. have like a three hundred car lot, maybe. No, they said they can fit about four fifty, but that's if the hotel doesn't use the other side. So, so four fifty. <clears throat> so I I don't know how much a hotel uses. I don't think that much. They're always like pushed in the corner. Um, it's they're it's overpacked at this point. They're like stacking cars it in is. front of cars. <clears throat> it's nuts. So they they obviously need a bigger lot. Toro, if you're listening, you need a bigger lot. You got to do something about L.A. And I actually happened to connect with a couple of the San Francisco hosts recently. And they were saying that their lot is not going through that. And actually, it's a really pleasant experience. They keep getting compliments on the whole thing, and, and they compliment it. So it looks like it's just an L.A. problem, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it shows you L.A. is growing. And L.A. is the biggest market for Toro in general. So maybe that yeah. maybe that has something to do with it. So that's our Toro talk for the day. I mean, I think that's pretty cool, um, pretty easy. Let's talk about some current events. Hey, it's New Year's. Today is officially... January 1st, 2019. One, one. The first chance for me to fail on my New Year's resolution. And uh, I can happily say I haven't. What is your New Year's resolution? Uh, eat healthier. But oh, but uh, I, I, I can't not achieve it because I haven't eaten yet today. At so. least you didn't say gym membership. No. Oh, God, no. I, I did that once or twice. And I will tell you, I know enough of the people that live at the gym Yeah. that all you gym newbies first of the year hey i commend you no one's ever gonna say hey don't work out don't get healthy no but be respectful to the guys that have guys and gals that have been there for years because i've even seen it learn the etiquette right away or just you know fail on your resolution that you're gonna do soon anyways but no really if if you want to be the healthy person uh we, we support that promote that but learn the etiquette yeah, one of my friends posted on Facebook today that 60% of gym membership started in January end up uh, not being used. So that's yeah. that's crazy. It's totally believable. Um, you know, I think, hey, we could ask you, what's your New Year's resolution, right? So maybe... Yeah, uh, hit us if you have something good out, outside the box. I don't want to hear the normal stuff. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so like, are you, you know, are you losing weight? Um, I think that will probably be the most popular. Yeah. I know my other half is already talking about dieting. I was giving her a hard time. I was like, come on, don't tell me it's your New Year's resolution. Mine, I'll share, is to... Um, dang, I almost feel guilty sharing this, but I'll throw it out there, uh, is to leave less clutter. Sometimes like I'll be in a desk and I'll like clutter it all up. and I'm like real particular when I'm done. I'll try to always do it, but in between... Uh, when I say do it, I mean clean it. In between, I'll like let, her, let it clutter up. I think even Charles has seen that sometimes. So that's my New Year's resolution. I did it this morning. Uh, so that's you know step one. Uh, I had a New Year's resolution one year to drink more water because I'm terrible at drinking water. A lot of people are. Yeah. Uh, so I set a resolution. I'm a lot better now. Like, so now my trick is I drink a coffee and a water at the same time. I, you I mean the water lot. and the coffee? No, no, no. Like I'll <laughs> order a coffee and a water, go Starbucks. Uh, so, and then for you gym rats out there, um, I, I had a friend post this. I thought it was hilarious. New year, new gym. So how many people are switching gyms? And then today he was already complaining about it. He was yeah. Because like, like people everywhere. But he was complaining about it like they're out of towels. And I'm like, it was January 1st, man. What yeah. do you, think? you know, if someone's not hangover, maybe they're nursing the hangover right. at the gym. Uh, so my new year's resolution. Yeah. What is it? I think uh, we already heard it though. 
No, we do. Oh, well, eating healthy, but we. I've been doing that. That's not. You only can have one. That's not. You only get one. I've been doing it. No, mine actually is to be able to, and for you guys that catch on to it, um, high five, bravo. If not, um, ask me uh, at our next next New Year's resolutions, and and I'll explain it to you. My goal is to count to three hundred sixty five cons- consecutively every day. Count to 365. Yeah, so every day I'm going to count more. Okay, guys, sorry, back. Um, so 365, so today's going to be one. Tomorrow will be two. The next every three. The idea is to be able to have a reason to count all the way to 365. And I don't want to give the hint just yet. Uh, yes, I'm thankful for being alive, but that's not it. Uh, but if, if you want to know, you can reach out to me personally. I don't want to put on blast. Not my style. I don't, I'm not a Facebook. Uh, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Um, but uh, that's, my, that's my New Year's resolution. I don't, even, I don't even know. Joey, are you catching on? Or I think I got it, but okay. I'll, I'll leave it be for now. Charles is a man of mystery. So if you must know. <laughs> not usually, but for this one, I kind of want to, to keep it a mystery. Hit him up. He's on all the social media <laughs> platforms where you can uh, email us. Um, but guys, we are officially at the end of our podcast. So happy new year one more time. Happy new year, guys. January 1st, 2019. That's probably the last time I'll say it. You know, I've said it a couple times. Glad you guys survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many of you guys are nursing hangovers? That's, that's what I want to know. So, hey, what do you think about today's topics? You know, contact us. Email podcast at dcrcars.com. Instagram at dcr underscore cars or on the interwebs, as they would say. www.dcrcars.com. Again, guys, it's been a pleasure. Had fun today. Uh, Email us if you're passionate about some of these topics. We're always looking for guests to to hop on our show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Like Joey said, reach out to us. But more importantly, um, we appreciate you being here for the second one. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon.